This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. We are previewing Texas and Oklahoma State, the 12th-ranked Cowboys, coming to Austin, where they are 5-1 and one in their last six meetings with the Longhorns. Um, they hold the record for longest winning streak in Austin, more than any other opponent in Texas's history. Um that was snapped in 2019 and joining us to talk about that and so much more is the sideline um, host reporter entertainer informant <laughs> the one and only Robert Allen longtime sideline reporter on Cowboys radio broadcast Robert how are you doing doing good doing good coming off an open week and uh, thanks to your game in Dallas the uh, Alabama game in College Station, the Mississippi-Arkansas game, the Penn State-Iowa, Nebraska-Michigan. We had an open week on maybe the best Saturday of football in college football history. It was awesome. Wall-to-wall. That is – I see where you're going with that, and I'm jealous. I mean, I, I got to see one of those incredible games. In you know person. what, Robert? The Texas OU game – last weekend reminded me a lot of the Texas Oklahoma state game uh, from a year ago. And that you didn't think it was possible for, for Texas to come back or maybe even for OU to come back down 18 with two minutes and change left in the third quarter. But sure enough, they did. And, and so I say that just to reminisce about that crazy game in Stillwater last year. I'm still not sure how Texas won that game, but here we go um, in the 2021 version under a new coach, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, but Mike Gundy, all he does is win. 5-0, and the Cowboys. What do you like about this Oklahoma State team? Well, I mean, I'm going to go back to what you referenced last year's game. Uh, in fact, I thought of the last two games. Um you're right. That game on that game on Saturday in, in the Cotton Bowl, you know, Texas looked like a sure winner. I mean, at halftime, even at the end of the third quarter, you have a hard time believing that that Oklahoma could find a way to win. Felt that way last year. In fact, if you ask uh, Oklahoma State players their biggest lament from last year, it's probably that Texas game. You know, they they were never in the game in Norman last year. Uh, but that Texas game and and one of the people ask all the time, Chip, why does Oklahoma State play so well against Texas? Mike Gundy got asked again on Monday and I think he gave the wrong answer. Um, well, actually, no, he was on the right track. There are a lot of Texas kids on this Oklahoma State team. 
And there's only a couple of them that get offered by Texas. Most of them didn't have the choice to go to Austin. And so when they get a chance to go to Austin and play against guys they know, guys they played against in high school, guys they think, hey, I'm, I'm as good as that guy, then they're really motivated. Oklahoma State brings motivated teams to Austin. Not only was that game last year going to stick in their craw a little bit, but the game the year before in Austin with uh, Spencer Sanders at quarterback, Spencer didn't have a spotless game. He had some mistakes in that game, but he played, if you remember, he played a little bit like a Braveheart character. I mean, he I got remember him zigzagging all over the field. Yeah, and he got smacked around some, but he he kept coming back and he played really, you know, really well for for a losing quarterback. And that again was a that that game was an up and down game uh, where both teams had a chance. So, a lot of Cowboys in recent years have had their Texas moment. Brandon Whedon had his Texas moment. Um, you know, Clint Shelf had a Texas moment. Uh, you know, a lot of guys have had their Texas moment. Spencer Sanders, who's from Denton, hasn't had his. So I'm, I'm wondering what's going through his mind. I, I know he would like to beat Texas. And this is a huge game. Oklahoma State's got two weeks here going to Austin and going to Ames the week after that if they can win those two games, they will really control their destiny even if they were to lose the last game to Oklahoma, if they could run that table, which includes like Kansas, Texas Tech, TCU, and West Virginia, even if you lost the last one, you get another crack at OU or you get a crack at somebody else in Arlington the next week. Well, let's stay with Spencer Sanders and the Oklahoma State offense because I think people look at the numbers and obviously Chuba Hubbard is gone. Tylen Wallace is gone. Um, you know, Tevin... Jenkins is gone, but Spencer Sanders is there. Jalen Warren is there. Tay Martin is there. Um, how would you size up the Oklahoma State offense through five games? Not as good, but getting better. I think the, uh, the key components are the offensive line has improved uh, coming off the start of the year. They didn't have Hunter Woodard until the Boise State game, the third game, at right guard. He makes a big difference. Uh, Danny Godlewski, the transfer center from Miami of Ohio, is really a good player, probably an upgrade at center for Oklahoma State from the last couple of years. Um, and then Jalen Warren. You mentioned Jalen, uh, what he's been able to do in, in concert with the offensive line's improvement has made this a much better offense. But still, it's not Oklahoma State uh, caliber because it's not like uh, a, a pinball machine or, or a slot machine where the numbers just continue to roll. Uh, this team, more than anything, is built around the other side of the ball, defense. Yeah. Well, let's stay on Jalen Warren for a second because the guy is the leading rusher. I think he's the third leading receiver on the team. What uh, what has he brought? What does he bring to this offense? Well, when he came in from Utah State last year at the, the start of the year, they brought him in because they knew that um, L.D. Brown might leave. L.D. ended up staying, so starting uh, camp this year, they had L.D. Brown, Desmond Jackson, who rushed for 300 last year in a, a game against Tech, uh, or close to 300. Dominic Richardson, who had rushed for 
200 in one game and 150 in another. So they had a lot of running back choices. But when this guy came in, Chip, he's yeah, he's five five eight, 215 pounds. And the question was, how fast would he be? Well, Mike Gundy and his staff at Oklahoma State, Rob Glass, the strength and conditioning coach, the only time you ever run a 40 at Oklahoma State is when you walk in the door. They'll test you right off the bat. The next time you run a 40, it'll be pro day because they don't do it every year. He shows up, and they were kind of guessing he was a 4-6. The guy runs a 4-5 flat. That gets their attention. Now, in spring ball, you see what he's capable of doing and making guys miss. He's strong. He'll run over people. He's a one-cut and go back. He's not going to do a lot of dancing. Um, but what they saw, they loved. So even though L.D. Brown was the heir apparent, he was going to get the first crack to be the starter, you know, behind the scenes in the meeting rooms with the coaches, they all kind of felt this would end up being the guy, and, and they were right. He is the guy. And, and catching the football. Um, he's what good at of- that. Yeah, he's good at that too. He hadn't had as much of an opportunity, and probably – if you think about it, even though he's had some great runs, the 75-yarder against Boise, he's had some other runs that were pretty impressive that weren't quite as long. If you were going to make a trademark play for him this this shortly into his career, it's that first first pass uh, first play screen pass against K State, and and not just because of him. I mean, if you look at that play. They're still pulling purple jersey threads out of the, the turf from the guy Josh Sills planted. And then you see two or three other offensive linemen that are downfield running 40 yards downfield and making blocks. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, and you guys saw this last week, I think, in, in, in OU and the way the OU players reacted to Caleb Williams. You could tell they were happy for him. They liked him. You could tell immediately when Jalen Warren got the starting role and started to make plays, go go watch the guy go celebrate with him after a big play. His teammates like him. He's humble. Uh, he's a Samoan. Uh, that's his that's his or Tongan. Uh, and so we have a lot of Polynesian players in the program now. And yeah, the, the guys just love him. I mean, he's he's a likable teammate. They know he's gonna bust his butt. And uh, the offensive linemen, especially, um, they'll they'll do whatever it takes to try and give him an opportunity. And so there's there's a lot of value in having a guy behind you that you know those offensive linemen want to do well, and they'll they'll lay their bodies on the line to make sure he's got a chance to to have a hole. Yeah, um, I mean he's kind of the the focal point. And Spencer Sanders, you know, I look at his numbers. 58% completion rate, five touchdowns, four interceptions, doing a lot of work with his legs, um, which leads me to the passing game, Tay Martin. And, you know, what what are we seeing from Spencer Sanders in the passing game? And, and then let's talk about who's, you know, going to get it done at the receiver position. I think with Spencer Sanders, you know, if you look at the, um, the Boise game, uh, the the K State game in particular, I thought the K State game was one of Spencer's best games of his career. Um, maybe not quite as good, but close to the Miami game and the bowl game in Florida. Um, then he has a game like Baylor, and not all the interceptions in the Baylor game 
were all his fault, but he did have a couple of throws that they just weren't there. I mean, one of them was the second interception to Brennan Presley, where it's the same play they hit against K-State for a touchdown, and Spencer's four or five yards off the mark. You can't you can't do that. He knows that. So that's the thing. He's got to take care of the football. But he does – he is starting to get used to his receivers. Tay Martin is a guy that uh, came on late last year, the transfer from Washington State. Brennan Presley is the slot that, that's been around and played some last year. Uh, but all the other receivers, for the most part, these are new guys. Uh, the two green twins from Allen, Texas. Um, you talk about Jalen Bray, uh, or Jaden Bray, rather, from Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, they're all guys that were here in the spring as freshmen, but they're still real young, and they're guys that Spencer hadn't worked hadn't worked a lot with, like he had – Tylen Wallace and and uh, you know some of the guys that, that that he had last year, so it's still developing, and I think that's why you see the fifty eight percent. And I'm not going to say that's why you see the four interceptions. I'm going to say it's why you see the five touchdowns, and there's not more. Spencer and these receivers are still learning each other a little bit. How much of his running is designed, Robert? Uh, more and more of it. In fact, you saw some in the. Uh, the Baylor game in particular, all of a sudden you, it wasn't zone read. You saw option, not zone read option. You saw real option where Spencer and I, the first play that they ran, I think was second, second or third quarter. He gets out there on the edge and he looked like an operator. I mean, he had the ball in the hand and faked the pitch ducked inside. I mean, I was having uh, flashbacks to, you know, um, some of those OU wishbone operators, from the past, uh, like Charles Thompson, but, uh, but no, I think you're going to see more and more option. I think that Mike Gundy likes the idea, uh, of Spencer running. It's, it's a big threat. It causes the defense to have to respect another phase of the game. I think you'll see more of it. So Shane Illingworth, who every time I open my big 12 stats, I think is still like number one in, let me see. Total offense or yeah, total, total offense because he he had 308 yards in the in the one game, but there's no there's no calls for Shane Illingworth. No, there haven't been any chance from the student section at Boone Pickens Stadium for for Shane Illingworth. Is Shane good? He is. He's more of a drop back, stay in the pocket passer. Not a real mobile guy. He's six foot four, six five, 235 pounds. Uh, and right now, I think Mike Gundy and Casey Dunn believe this offense needs a quarterback that can move around, not necessarily just move around in the run game, although they want to do that, but a guy that's more mobile in the pocket. Well, let's take a quick break here with Robert Allen, longtime sideline reporter on Oklahoma State Cowboys football broadcasts. Um, we'll be right back here on the flagship podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Robert, let's get to the to the marquee matchup, the Oklahoma State defense against the Texas offense. Um, this Oklahoma State defense just looks every bit the defense that gave Texas fits last year. Um, I mean, again, I don't not quite sure how Texas won that game last year, but uh, let's talk about this Oklahoma defense. I mean, Malcolm Rodriguez, the guy's a monster. Yeah, for the second year in a row, this has never happened. I, I, every year I generally have one man crush on the team. And, uh, yeah, I've been a lot of guys over the years. that. And when I say that, I'm just saying if you were a football player, you'd want to be this guy. If you're a football player, you want to be Malcolm Rodriguez. Um, not only is he bigger and stronger than he's been coming back as a super senior because he played four straight years. So he's back as a fifth-year guy. It's only his fifth year, but he's he's played every season. Uh, he's bigger, stronger, and I've noticed in the last couple of games him covering backs or tight ends, even wide receivers a couple of times, and he still has those cover skills he had when he came in as a safety. I mean, he was a safety his freshman year. Now he's, you know, the middle of that defense at linebacker. He's extremely physical. Um I mean, I think he's third in the nation in tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Leads the Big 12 in tackles, averaging 11 a game. But he's also that guy that pops the ball loose and causes fumbles. Had the fumble that he not only helped cause, but he recovered in the end zone against K-State. Uh, a couple of years ago, he saved the bacon at Iowa State with a pick six. Uh, so this is a, a really well-rounded football player that, uh, again, Everybody on that defense believes in. I think he, Kobe Harvell Peel, uh, Tanner McAllister, uh, one of the corners, Jark Bernard Converse, those four guys are the heart of the defense. And then the defensive line is a group of no names. Now, remember, the guy that was supposed to be the star of this defensive line, um, Trace Ford, tore his knee up before the start of the season. Right. He's out. He was going to be the the face of the defensive line. So you've got Tyler Lacey, who's having a career year, Israel Antwine, Brendan Evers, Jaden Jernigan from Allen, Texas, um, even a freshman like Colin Oliver, who's from the same high school as Trace Ford. These guys are making up a defensive line, and they're doing, they're doing some damn good work up front to go along with the Malcolms and the Colby Harvell Peels on the back end. Who's the guy – Who's the pass rush guy? Who's who's the guy who's going to get to Casey Thompson? Well, I mean, Colin Oliver has been really good as of late. Uh, he had two sacks in the game against Baylor. Um, Brock Martin, who will be back this game after uh, suffering an injury against Kansas State, had a dislocated elbow. He'll be back. He's done really good. Tyler Lacey on the pass rush. Um, I'm trying to think. Those have been probably the main guys, as well as um, Kobe Harvell Peel and Jason Taylor are both guys that can blitz from the uh, safety position. So occasionally you'll see them back there getting a sack with the quarterback. The three-high safety look, I mean, Texas ran into that at Arkansas. It did not go well. Um, just talk about why that gives teams fits. Versatility. Uh because, like I said, those guys can pass rush. 
they're good tacklers. I mean, it doesn't work if they can't tackle. Chip, if if those guys can't tackle, it doesn't matter. But when you've got three safeties back there that are bigger, physical, they can cover, uh, they can tackle, they give you the versatility. And when you're Casey Thompson and you're looking at them, you don't know whether they're coming. You don't know whether they're covering. Uh, if you're going to give the ball off, uh, even though they may not be in the box, you don't know that when the ball snapped, two of them are going to come crashing into the box and create a mismatch down there. So what it does is it, it gives Jim Knowles great disguise. It gives him a, a great opportunity to show one thing and do another. And that's always a problem for an offense. Yeah. I mean, the uh, you mentioned the the fumble caused by Malcolm Rodriguez and recovered for a touchdown. Um, any other big plays that, that the defenses made that were turning points in games this season? Uh, I mean, they've, they've had, they've had a lot of, of really good plays as far as negative yardage. And that's been a, something that's been really good. They've gotten teams like Boise K state uh, to a degree Baylor teams that really need to be playing ahead of the chains, they put them behind the chains, put them in third and long. And that's where you see that that third down percentage for the defense is 29%. They were, uh, I think they led the nation last year in third down percentage defense. This year they're in the top 10. Uh, they don't do that just on third down. They do that on first and second down. I heard Steve Sarkeesian the other day in, in his news conference talked about how he thought the um, in the game against Oklahoma, first down success, they had to win first down. And when they didn't and got behind the chains, they really struggled in the second half. That's what Oklahoma State's been doing to everybody, making them play behind the chains, third and long, when they can tee off. I remember in last year's game, you know, Texas receivers couldn't get off press coverage. Um, Oklahoma State, State corners. Yeah, big, yeah. strong, six-foot, 200-pound corners. Talk about those guys and, and if that press man is still <clears throat> a big part of what they're doing. No, it is. In fact, they, they do a lot of almost exclusively on the outside, they do a lot of man coverage. Um, you've got Christian Holmes, who's a transfer from Missouri that's a super senior. Uh, I want to say he's six one and a half. Uh, about 205 pounds. Jarek Bernard Converse, who's been around for a long time, actually has played safety some. He's, you know, at least six and a half, six, maybe six one. He's right at 200 pounds. And then there's two other guys. And the small, the, the runt of the group is Jabbar Muhammad out of DeSoto, but he's still physical. He's still a weight room guy for a corner. And then the, uh, the guy, the up and coming guy that I think is going to end up being an all American before he leaves here is Corey Black out of Waco uh, Conley. And uh, those four, they can, they'll alternate those guys. Um, Bernard Converse and, and home start, but you'll see plenty of, of Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad as well. Talk about that matchup between the Oklahoma state defense and the Texas offense and how you think it plays out. I think you got to start with stopping Bijan Robinson. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the country. So you're probably going to try, even if you don't show it, 
you can bet one of those safeties or maybe two of them are going to be heading into the box a lot of the time. Um, one thing I noticed that OU did more in the second half was they played a lot of man man one on the back end. Uh, and if if you're smart with Whittingham now or with Whittington out now, you're going to shade that safety over to the freshman side with Xavier Worthy. Um, that's, you know, that and trying to confuse Casey Thompson and make him unsure of what he's seeing out there. Uh, I think those are the keys. When we look at special teams, um, Oklahoma State has LD Brown returned a, a kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah, but he's out for the year. And he's out. And Brennan Presley is the guy now, and he's a burner. So uh, I guess we'll start there with the the return game uh, for Oklahoma State. Better than it's been because of the guys that are back there catching it. Uh, Presley will also return punts. In fact, he might be more dangerous on, on punts than he is on kickoffs um, because if he can make that first guy miss, he's got that ability and, and you know, he's extremely quick. Um you know, the, the return game is, is okay. I think the, uh, the strength of, of this team, special teams-wise, is the punter. Uh, it's not fabulous. It's not off the charts. It's not like the Turk kid at OU that's going to kick it 80. But you, for the most part, with Tom Hutton, and he's one of the Aussies, he's going to kick it 40 to 45. He's going to kick it to a spot that everybody on the cover unit knows and hardly anybody returns anything against Oklahoma state. I think they, the last three years they've averaged less than three yards of return. Wow. Um, and field goals. Field goals have been an adventure. Alex Hale, who tore his ACL last year against OU when he was, I think he was 18 of 19 when he tore his ACL on field goals. He struggled getting it back coming off that ACL surgery. So now the Cowboys have gone to um, a transfer from UNLV, and he was perfect against Baylor, but that was the first game where he took over the kicking duties. Okay, so. It's not like we have Dicker the kicker. Ha. Well, I, I – I see Taylor flashed the uh, stat up. I forgot to ask you about, but no points in the third quarter uh, in any game of the five games that Oklahoma state has played. Is this what, what is Mike Gundy said about that? Uh, you know, uh, it's disappointing. Uh, it's been asked about a lot. Uh, I think one of the things that, um, that they may start doing is doing a little more scripting. Casey Dunn scripts uh, the first part of the game. And if you notice, OSU's been fantastic on first possessions. I mean, just about every first possession this year, they've gone down and put some points on the board. So what they're gonna, what they may start doing is script the first series of the second half, much like they do the first. See how that works, but. Um, I mean, you know, the first thing you think of is the other team is doing a better job of making their halftime adjustments than than what Oklahoma State is. So, um, 
but yeah, it, it is, it is a problem. It is something they are talking about and it's something you got to get fixed. When you look at this game and how it plays out in Austin, we mentioned Oklahoma state five and one in their last six in Austin. How do you think this game plays out, Robert? Well, I mean, I think it can play out one of two ways. Uh, if it's playing out in the Oklahoma State, in favor of Oklahoma State, this defense will continue to do a, a number. They'll keep, you know, they've only had one team score more than 20 points on them this year. And um, and that wasn't all against the defense. That included a, uh, a score that uh, the offense helped with and, and um, I think there was a special team score up as well. So when you look at it, this defense does what it does, keeps the opponent under 20 points, controls the game. Oklahoma State scores enough on offense to win. Uh, that's kind of the recipe for what it's been so far with the 5-0 and start. If an offense figures out how to, to, you know, to rake the Oklahoma State defense, and Texas is certainly capable of that with Robinson and Thompson and, and Worthy. And, you know, I'm, I'm figuring that uh, they'll find somebody to pick up the slack for uh, for Whittington. If they find a way to rake, Oklahoma State will be in trouble. It's like Mike Gundy said the other day, Chip. And this is crazy because most years Oklahoma State would count on a shootout. Shootout was their middle name. Right. But Mike Gundy said the other day, we don't want to get in a shootout with Texas. We can't afford to get in a shootout. So, you know, if if Texas makes it into one, if it's a game like it was in the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma, it'll go Texas way because that's not what that's not what this OSU team's built for. Well, Robert, it's always great to catch up. Anything else you think is important to this game on on Saturday? Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to get down there. From what I understand, there's some new digs at DKR since we were there last. New South End. Yeah, new South End. And how noisy will it be? And I will say this, and I, I, I almost hesitate to say it because it's almost like a challenge for Texas fans, but there is no better thing for road teams in this league than an 11 a.m. kick. You usually catch the home team sleeping a little bit. Their fans haven't had a um, opportunity to get good and, and sauced up, and uh, and so you know, I guess the 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 challenge for Texas fans is how much can you drink Saturday morning? Yeah, and how how uh, can they pick themselves up off the couch after that loss last week? Because uh, that was. We're we're hearing about it over on uh, Horns twenty four seven. All the all the hurt, all the pain uh, that came along with that loss. So that that'll be well, a big. You tap. know what? The, here's the deal, though, that I'm wondering. I mean, it's a conference game. I get it. It's OU. But if I were a Texas fan, I I would be. I'd still be more frustrated by the trip to Fayetteville. I think than I would by that was a hell of a game. That yeah. game in in the Cotton Bowl. I know it's no fun for the team on the losing end, but I'm just telling you, it was hard to come away from that game thinking anything bad about either team. I mean, both teams were impressive, at least on offense. Yeah, and Caleb Williams is a problem. 
Uh, yeah, he is. And you know what? You you brought it up, so I'm gonna. Do you know who I voted for? You know the summer the the Big Twelve media vote for all conference. Do you know what my line said at quarterback? Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. Joni from the Big Twelve conference office called me after I I uh, uh, whatever faxed it in or or emailed it. She called and said. Were you, did you not mean Spencer Rattler? And I said, no, I meant Caleb Williams. It's a little bit like what Barry Switzer said back in the day when OSU had Barry Sanders behind Thurman Thomas. He told his defense, you don't want to hurt Thurman. You don't want to hurt Thurman because you don't want to see the guy behind him. I would have said the same thing to Texas. Hey, you don't want to, you don't want to make Spencer look too bad because you don't want to see the guy behind him. Yeah, I've said, I think if, Rattler would have finished that game. Texas would Texas have won by, wins by two touchdowns. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb Williams. Rick Neuheisel told me before the season, don't let that kid on the field because he'll never leave. Well, that's why so, I voted him all big 12. And now he may actually be the all big 12 quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. They, they figured some stuff out in the cotton yeah. bowl last week. Well, Robert look forward to uh, 11 AM on Saturday. Thanks so much for helping us preview uh, the Cowboys and the Longhorns at 11 a.m. at DKR. Appreciate it. All right. See you in Austin. All right. For Robert Allen, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Thanks so much for joining us here on the flagship podcast, previewing Texas-Oklahoma State. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.